0: Come on in thanks for dropping into the airdrop show my name is caleb on the internet i go by phosphorus today i have a really special guest i have ryan d anderson with us i first stumbles upon ryan's work on twitter where i stumble upon most nft artists work and he, his work is how do i describe this it, they feel like little nostalgic animated moments When I first saw them, I thought they were like legit recordings that he had done because the camera motion is so smooth, but there's part of it. I was like, this is no way this is actually filmed because there's like this grain sort of on it. So find out later he makes all of these, you make all of these in blender. Is that right, Ryan? That is correct. Okay. Yeah. And so he makes these, they make me feel nostalgic, safe, homey as it's maybe a, a train passing by or a car at a stoplight and it's moving. And there's several different moments within this scene that really make it unique. It's not just one moment. It's a, it's a whole moment in time in an area. And I just want to congratulate you Ryan on one capturing my attention right away with these. And I just want to say they are beautiful and I can't wait to see more. Thank you so much. That, uh, that means the absolute world to me. But before we jump in, because of the way these are created, I want to ask something. Sure. What was kid Ryan like? Because I read in the interview, at university, you studied geology because you wanted to become a TV weatherman. Yeah. Well, I think like uh, growing up, I I, I
1: kind of wanted to be like an entertainer, you know, and I think I, uh, and I saw like a weatherman is like, oh, they're funny. They get to entertain people every day. Uh, and then so in my mind, I'm like, uh yeah, I, I want to be a weatherman. Uh, so, like, I from when I was like really little, I had a, a run in with a tornado that was very scary. I grew up on a farm, and uh, there was a tornado when I was like out in the the back hills when it was all snowy, and then it touched down, and I was running in thick snow. It was like one of those dreams where you're trying to run away from something, but it's it's you're not going very far. And uh, so, anyways, that was like this. Very traumatic experience. And then so I was obsessed with weather after that. So those two things combined, I was like, yeah, I'm going to be a weatherman. I'm going to go to university. I'm going to study meteorology. And then uh, I think there was, I think I got stopped because there was like a, an element of, hey, you have to be good at math. And I am not good at math. So yeah, so that stopped me. And then I got into film from there
0: okay all right that moment you described running through the snow as a tornado is coming that feels like a tiny nostalgic moment that i would love to see that perspective like that pov of everything that's crazy oh it's okay so you went into film then um how shortly after that did you find improv comedy
1: uh well Maybe a little bit like, so I got into film, like I started working in IATSE, the film union, as like a, a lamp operator. Uh, and I was just, you know, it's just like you'd go and work for hours upon hours then go home and you wouldn't really have a life doing anything. I didn't like that. Um, and then I got into cinematography and I started uh, filming a lot of stuff. I started doing music videos. One of the first music videos I did was for uh, Mac DeMarco Uh, his old band uh, make a videotape. So there's a video of that uh, somewhere on the internet. Amongst all this, I started co-running this little art gallery in Vancouver. And I was there for a couple of years. And while I was there, I met, uh, they they would like rent out the back to this uh, improv theater that would also like do classes and stuff. And I was always like, oh yeah, because that like entertainment, uh, like me wanting to like entertain was always in the back of my head and i was like eh, i kind of want to do that but i eh, i wouldn't be eh, i got stage fright eh, maybe i won't do it and then so it took like years but i got to be friends with all them and i started shooting things with them and i would like you know start writing pitches for shows and stuff like that with them and then eventually i was just like eh, i gotta take class and then i started taking a whole bunch of classes and then uh after all the classes and you're on like a house team and then you go into you're doing like touring like uh going to New York, I, we were invited to New York and stuff and uh, down the West Coast. Anyways, it just, it kind of just went out from there. And I just, I, I fell in love with doing comedy and it was my favorite thing. So that, yeah, I just sort of like, it was always like a, a thing that I wanted to do because I was, I loved stand up when I was a kid, but um, yeah, and then I just kind of fell into improv and sketch and did a lot of that for like, what? 10 years, I guess, wow. up until the pandemic. <laughs>
0: Up until the pandemic, yeah. How did you find animation in all of this? Because you can see that comedic kind of element, that entertaining. The timing is there in when I see your your animated shorts here. The timing is for sure there. That's got to be a comedic element. Where did you find animation in? There?
1: Oh, that's interesting. Um, yeah, I well, like the last thing, my last venture in the film world was uh, I was an editor in the television world, uh, so. That, I don't know. I, I think I just, there was a lot of like timing elements that came with just like learning, editing and stuff like that. But also just being in comedy, I guess that exists as well. But anyways, um, I found animation in like 2017 because I was trying to do sketch work. And, you know, I would like, I wanted to film sketch to have uh, like an online presence and stuff. But getting a group of comedians together is... Very difficult. Right. So I thought, what if I just animated everything and then I could, you know, just have people record voices or whatever. So I started to learn animation for the purposes of doing sketch animation.
0: Wow. So you just learned it. You picked it up, picked a software and just went for it.
1: Yeah, I started animating. Well, like I first I started animating with uh, like pieces of paper and just like cutting them out and okay, just, you know, moving them along, which was yeah. Uh, and it didn't look great. And uh, then I went to After Effects and I was using like the puppet tool and all mm-hmm. that, um, which was all right. It wasn't quite what I was after though. And so I was trying to do things. I don't know. I was trying to move on and try and find things that were both easier to do and that had a certain look. So After Effects, like if I wanted to make things look like the way i wanted them to it would take so long Mm -hmm. to create all these things and so i was like oh what if i could do these in 3d thinking that that would be faster when it was not at all it was so much work (laughs) learning it right uh especially since i was just learning it off of like youtube tutorials and stuff but yeah no i that's what i ended up doing i ended up like really loving how it looked and it was a completely different thing so i just kept on going with that
0: and you you're now using blender for everything.
1: Oh yeah, I love Blender so much. It's, uh, you know, free, it's open source. What's not to love?
0: hmm yeah. Having the ability to have free tools at your fingertips to just mess around with is a game changer for creative people who just want to try things out. 1000%, like when I was trying to get
1: into 3D work, I was looking at Cinema 4D and uh, I was like, yeah, no, I, like all the stuff that's coming out of here, that's kind of what I want to learn. Um, and I, I think I emailed their team just for like some resources and uh, they didn't get back to me. So I was like, okay, we'll, we'll give Blender a shot. And uh, yeah, I just it was difficult. Like it was back in like the 2.78 uh, era. So it was just like, I don't know, it, it looked like an engineering software.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It was difficult to learn, but uh, you know, I took the time, I figured it out. I spent way too much time just, I don't know, trying things out and whatnot and I think I would spend like hours a day working on it and then I would go to sleep and I remember specifically one night not being able to sleep because I kept having a dream where I'd have to model and animate my lungs and heart so they would keep beating and breathing and I kept waking up being stressed out that I wasn't animating them correctly and that I wasn't gonna live because of it so if you're gonna learn it just take your time (sighs) that's a
0: hell of a dream
1: yeah it was it was uh it was terrifying (laughs)
0: <laughs> I can imagine. So, during the pandemic, your animation really took off with the introduction of Goober, is that right? Wow. How would you define taking off? I like I I don't know. I was doing my uh nostalgic
1: stuff and I think that started to take off and then I switched over to Goober and then that took off in a in a different way. Right. There's 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 several different takeoffs, I guess, that happened.
0: Yeah. Uh, so goober is this pac-man looking figure with long arms and long legs um sure. where where did he come from i feel like your comedy kind of seeped into that you wanting to do these sketches in this way
1: yeah i uh i think before i did the nostalgic animations like the first one i did was of this kind of walking like it was of goober before he was named goober uh, and it was just my goal was to have it look like this retro kind of 60s looking animation where I was just like um, some funky ball figure walking around having a great time doing some finger guns you know and I was like "Ah, oh, that looks great and then so when I wanted to do something different I was uh, to be quite honest I was just lazy about finding a new
0: character and I was like <laughs>
1: <laughs> this guy's over here. <laughs> He's and I've already uh, yeah. fin- I've already finished
0: him. I can just animate him to something different.
1: Exactly. Yeah. So I had and I, d- I didn't expect to have him go beyond the one animation that I put out just because I took a break from my nostalgic animations because I was I was doing more like songwriting and stuff like that and I was just like I made this really dumb song about the only lyrics are when I was younger uh, I ate beans from a box it says that over and over again, but I love the song. It was like stuck in my head and it sounded really cool. And so I was like, Oh, why don't I put him in there eating a bunch of beans from a box or bouncing off his face? I want to see one bounce off his eyeball. It'd be great. put that out and people loved it and i and like i got so many positive responses on it that i was like okay maybe i'll just keep this going
0: how long did you keep it going for
1: i kept it going for a while like i i guess i took another break after my last one to do different types of comedy stuff but i don't know it never really stopped like i just made a couple new ones that i'm gonna start releasing again so yeah i guess the break never really the break has ended but I guess I didn't stop making them.
0: Where where do people go find Goober? Just on your TikTok?
1: On my TikTok, on my Instagram. All right, either or.
0: Cool. All right, everyone be on the lookout for that plug. Please go follow Ryan so you can see what we're talking about here, because it's a little uh, it's quirky, and I love the songs that you put together. And I was and I can't help but see you as a songwriter now, knowing that's kind of what you do. And you just have these little melodies that are just quirky. And where else are you going to use them? Goober's the perfect place for them. Exactly, but yeah, no, I I think that just came from like growing up in a farm and
1: uh, being very bored a lot, and then just learning. Like, I think this is like a, a like a common thing in my life where I am just like, I am bored, I am going to learn something, and so I learned music. Did I learn it very well? No, but I can you know do
0: something. That's funny. So how, I want to transition here. How did you find? Web three. How did you get into this new whole world? That was a
1: weird one. I in what was it? The beginning of 2021. I got contacted by I got contacted by a friend of mine, <laughs> and uh, he was like asking me if because you know he knew my animations and what I was doing and saw the reaction to them. He was like, "Hey, have you heard about like NFTs and stuff?" And I was like, "Yeah, I've like you know heard about them in the background, but i never really looked into it." And so we both, two old men, <laughs> we're trying to go on the internet to find all we could about it. Hey there, and then we're, Yeah, we're trying to make a wallet, figuring out what that is. Um, and then we're like, how do we make a? How do we mint our own thing? Well, if we go to this website, we can mint it for free. And then we can, it was the dumbest thing Uh in the entire world, for like the two of us were the dumbest people. I never felt older than I did at that time, trying to figure out everything, and I couldn't find like a good resource to like sort of help yeah. me in because I wasn't really on Twitter that much back then. Right. So, yeah, we we're just kind of trying to figure it out, and I never really figured it out. I, I have a, like a, a lost uh, NFT somewhere out there. I think it's in a wallet of mine, but. I never figured out how to use it back then. So I just kind of gave up. That was in like June, I guess. Okay. And fast forward to uh, November, I got asked to be on Super Rare. Okay. Wow. And so I was like, oh, yeah, sure. That'll make things a lot easier. They'll give and you step by step instructions. They certainly did. <laughs> it was so much easier. So I got set up there. And I put a few of my pieces up and maybe a week later I was uh, contacted by my first collector and things just went from there. Yeah. Mm. So, and then through that collector, I met a lot of people in the Twitter space and started trying to build up my Twitter through there. And I've met a ton of people through them.
0: Wow. I love how it kind of just snowballs. You just need that like one connection two connections and then everything can snowball
1: yeah it was it was crazy and so after I was I don't know I guess I had someone collect my work that was like a, a relatively uh, big name in the space and everyone was so welcoming and there was a lot of people that were like hey like do you know, this person, this person, like, is there anything I can help you with? And I was like, oh, yes, this is amazing. And it was just, it was such a welcoming space that I was like, oh, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not a person that likes to ask for help. So I never would have kind of gone in there. But so many people just offered their time and it was, I felt so welcomed. It was great. Mm,
0: that's awesome. Okay, let's, let's dive into your pieces. Tell me about your process, how you pick these moments, and what goes into making one. I think it all
1: started by, I'm a person that went to therapy a lot. So one thing that I learned through there, like I'm big on like dreams and trying to figure out what they mean to me. Cause I was, I was talking about a dream. like, what does this mean? What does this mean? And uh, he's like, oh, well, like if you boil the dream down to like one sentence, like what's the dream about? That's usually, you can, you know, take something out of that. So it's like, you know, it's like, oh, you've lost something or it's like, and then so, you know, the theme of the dream is loss and it's like, oh, that's interesting. And then you can, it just sort of like underlines what that dream is about for yourself and you can, you know, attach it to what it actually, what your brain's trying to process, I guess. So I kind of took that into making these where it's like, I'll have the theme and then build off of that. So I think the first thing I did was... Um, it was three, it was three different animations that all were of the same one of, a like a, it's this astronaut walking in Mars. It's like a, a red planet. And then the second one, they find, a, a skeleton in the dirt, the Mars dust rocks, what have you. And then the, as I said, the second one. Yeah. The second one. And then the third one is they come across a house and then he walks into the house and then it ends. And so to me that it's all boiled down. It represents uh, someone coming to terms with their own mortality. Hmm. And I, I think that was like something that was big at that time during the pandemic. And I think that was like, that was on my mind a lot. So yeah, that's what that one meant. And that that's sort of what solidified that process.
0: Wow. I'm going to pick a piece here and I want you to sure. talk about it. That's cool. Let's talk about, uh, let's do Last Day of Summer, where it's, you have yeah. two two chairs on the beach overlooking a, a sunset. What emotion are we, I mean, I can guess what emotion we're capturing here, but I'd like to hear it from you. My whole, I guess, thesis statement,
1: is that right? Nah, we can call it that. <laughs> the idea behind it was like, uh, I guess, staying in a moment before... That moment passes. I guess that that's the feeling that I was trying to go after mm. there, where it's you know a moment is going to pass, and you don't. How do I put this? A lot, a lot of the stuff is like difficult for me to put into words, and that's why I put it into a video,
0: right? Because a picture is worth a thousand words, and a video has got to be worth like ten thousand words.
1: Yeah, a lot. A lot of my work focuses on just being like present because I'm like I'm a, I don't know I'm a big mindfulness uh, person just because I've like I've dealt with a lot of anxiety and whatnot mm-hmm. over the years. So uh, mindfulness has been something that really helped me and being present is something that is uh, a focus on a lot of my works. Yeah. So like that one is, is trying not to get caught up in too much about the future, about like what this will become, but it's focused on the now, I guess.
0: I think a lot of your work has that same moment. I like how you said mindfulness because they, they remind me of something that's like, if you would just take the moment and just, be this is what would be in front of you this would what would be there if you don't mind me asking what is your what mindfulness techniques do you use or disciplines you have
1: i got a lot of uh, advice for like anxiety attacks and things like that because i used to get those quite a bit but um yeah i did a lot of like uh the meditation techniques where and i don't remember the names of them but it's kind of where you focus on like You'll start at like your toes and go through your feet and like focus on different parts of your uh, body going up into your head. And it really like focuses you gets you in like tune with different things, but it gets you out of your head so much, which I am always in mm-hmm. just a constant chatter up here. So yeah, that is uh, one of the techniques I use. And then for more like attacks and things like that, I'll use a, was it the five, four, three, two, one, where it's okay. like focus on five things you can see, four things you can hear, three things that you can uh, touch, and so on and so forth? Um, wow. But yeah, that usually helps a lot to get me just like to focus on what's in front of me instead of what's up here because that's always going
0: on. Right. There's always something else to do or something else coming. Or yeah. And I love that your artwork really does ground you, in what it feels like in these little these little moments
1: yeah i appreciate that if i could ground people that would be the greatest
0: yeah how did you come up with this there's like because you look at a scene it's not just one scene like the camera right when you're not expecting it the camera will shift on you and then the camera will shift on you again right when you're least expecting it why did you want to do just that instead of just one static scene because when i first saw them i was like the static scenes are beautiful it's like oh i'm just watching this and that's great and then it switches on me i'm like oh and then it switches again. I was like, oh, I wasn't expecting that. And it gets almost like builds and gets better with every one. So go through that process.
1: I don't know. I, I guess I really hadn't thought about that, but I do think it's more interesting that yeah. way. I mean, I think that might have been my key reason for it. Like just because like I came up, I went to school for cinematography and like I was a photographer for a long time. So I think a lot of that is just since I'm building these scenes in 3d like I can take the camera around and see like oh like I like this shot and I think it goes well after this shot and then that comes from like you know my editing background so yeah I like to build up and I'm not even sure if like I can call it like a story it's well I guess it does end up being a story a lot of people like say it's like it's very very much like a visual poem in a way and I like that because I'm not I'm not great with words I'm not great with poetry I would like to be I appreciate great poetry I can't do it myself, but, you know, I can make these things, which, uh, which I do like. And I think, uh, offers a similar type of, I don't know, similar type of something.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They each have a unique aesthetic, even the way the visually are with the, just the grain on top or the subtle movement of the colors, the way the clouds almost look like it's liquid, I think is really, um, it's very unique. And it's why I was like, oh, this isn't just been filmed he's, he's making these um yeah thanks like a lot of that style stuff
1: was meant to like uh, i guess invoke nostalgia like they're all they're all like pieces from things of my childhood like okay. the comic book sort of paper texture uh over top and the the noise texturing and stuff like that the colors it's all and like the the wobbly line like it's all stuff from when i was a kid but i liked about uh, comic books and and watching uh, old animations and stuff like that so it's to me that's what it felt nostalgic about it and that's why i started making them like i didn't i didn't really start making them for to be like hey like i want this to blow up like i was making them for myself like during the pandemic like i was like i was i was going through like a lot of anxiety and just making them made me feel uh I don't know. I, I just it was something to put my head into and watching yeah. them made me feel grounded. I made them for myself. Like I was being very selfish and you know I'll
0: take that. I think every good artist has to be a little bit with their art because you have to make for you because the moment you start making for others I think something goes a little awry in the creative process. Fair. Um very fair. How how have you Let's just say, okay, your work has been received really well. How How have, what are people saying about it that maybe you didn't expect?
1: I've had, oh, that's a good question. I've had a few things that, I've had people say some things about my work that I, I think a lot. Hmm. Don't worry, I'll edit this. We can, we can like, can we edit it right here where it's like, <laughs> that'll never make the cut. <laughs> oh, Perfect. Anyways, Uh but yeah, no, I, some people have said things where it's like, oh, this is how I interpret this piece. And I always find that interesting that like, it's like, oh, this is the theme that I had and this is how I built it up. But then other people will interpret it differently. Mm. And, and that's super valid. And, you know, I'm, I encourage anyone to like, you know, interpret this or my work, you know, however they want. Um, I just like, there's different perspectives that I just hadn't even thought about with a lot of my pieces. And it's so interesting to hear other people say like, oh, this is what this means to me. And I'm like, oh, that's, a... don't know. It it messes with my mind. I just like seeing other
0: perspectives from different people. That's the cool thing about art is that you as the artist can do one thing, but it's also interpreted by the viewer and everyone's own unique experience, which is why it makes this so beautiful. Question. When you go down to make one of these, how do you start? Great question. I usually start,
1: like some of them I make uh, just from like memories of places that, you know, don't exist or they don't exist in the same way anymore. Um, and it's just like this feeling of like, I just kind of want to exist in that place again. And the way to do that is to build it in 3D and kind of roam around in it. And that's, and then I'll, you know, make an animation of just like with music. And it's like, this is, this is how, this place, this memory and how it makes me feel and how I felt in this moment. And then there it is. And then it's like, I'm sharing that memory. It's so weird to uh, explain, but that is sort of the process. Like, and so, and if it's based on a theme, then it's usually something that I've been thinking of for a while, like something that's been on my mind or like, maybe it could have been like a dream that I had, or it's like, Mm -hmm. I, I just like, I have this, there's this theme going on and I'm, I'm trying to like sort through it. And so like, I'll build something off of that and in the process of building it, it is like me processing that whole thing in front of myself. It's so very
0: literal. <laughs> it's so good though. Like I, I don't know how else to describe this. And I hope if you're listening to this, I encourage you obviously go to Ryan's Twitter for watching on YouTube. I'll be showing all this stuff. Because it's one of those things you have to see and experience and just sit in for a little bit. That's why I was so interested about you talking about the meditation and being grounded and just being in a moment. Because these, they suck you into a moment that I think is really special. Which is why I reached out to you, Ryan, to to talk to you. Because I was like, this has got to be talked about in in this way. I want to hear what's going on in your head. Well, no one has ever said that before. Uh... (laughs) (laughs) Not even your therapist has probably said that. Yeah, it's true, uh, but yeah, thank you so much.
1: That's uh, that's very kind of you to say.
0: Now let's go to like the NFT question. What about this? What about selling digital art gets you
1: excited as a creative? Where I don't even know where to begin with that because like I I don't make like I guess tangible tangible. I'm doing this. Um, like I don't make like physical art, right? You know, like I and I've always seen that um people selling art and stuff and it's like oh like i'm in I'm, I'm sort of doing like animation and what the only way is to like you know take out a frame and maybe print that off as a print or get into painting and try and recreate this thing that i've spent so long creating right into a physical piece It, it it just doesn't translate and so the ability to take this you know this these things that i've spent so much time on and for them to be sold as is, that's, uh, it's amazing. I mean, it, it opens up a lot more options for art in general. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. That's what, that's, what's exciting for me is that it's just, I think a lot of art sales before are the, the art market only focused on, I don't know, the spectrum wasn't complete on what was being defined Community. as art, I guess. Like I, I think a lot of digital art, hasn't been given the respect that it deserves up until recent. So yeah, I think it, there's so many reasons why why it's great. But yeah, I mean, those are the first things that come to mind. And I, I've been thinking about this question for a while. It's it's like a respect thing, I guess, mm. is that I think a lot of this work, like people put in so much time and effort into this stuff, like and just saying that from, you know, even just personal experience and for that to be recognized is wonderful.
0: Yeah, there is a legitimacy that is created when people are buying your work. Just that's that's it. There's no more like DMs like, hey, can I use this? Can I get this? It's I'll give you publicity, you know, for experience or I'll put your name on it. Like, no, I'd like money for my work because I'm putting time and effort into it. And there is a, a legitimacy that what you do is valid when money changes hands. And I think yeah, it's I'm so glad here in 2020 the 2020s that we can finally legitimize this art form this way yeah I'm I'm super thrilled about it like I know
1: and I don't know maybe this is a more like controversial take but um, I know like you know animators in the VFX industry can be very rough like the hours are rough the pay is rough. And for people in that industry to have, you know, a channel where they could actually not be behold, beholden to someone else, you know, yeah. it's like they're putting out their own work. I don't know. I, I think that's, that's such a, I don't want to use the
0: word game changer, but it it's what it is. I don't... It's a big unlock. Yeah. I don't, I don't know any other, a better word. It does no. change so much for so many people. Okay. Last question. Before I let you go, obviously you can also show anything you want, talk about anything you want, but what, what would your dream project look like? If you were given an unlimited amount of time to be able to work on whatever you wanted to work on, what would you want to put together?
1: Whew. I see. I was, yeah. You know, I was thinking about, I've been thinking about these questions like for a long time. And, and, and this question in particular, I was like, I mean, My dream project is kind of what I'm doing right now. Like I'm, I'm making these pieces and whatnot. Uh, I'm writing my own music. I'm making my own artwork. I love that so much. I like doing comedy. What I've always wanted to do is do a series, um, like a comedic series that combines both these worlds of like Goober and these nostalgic animations where it's something that's, it's comedic, but it also has these moments that, you know, that, you know, are earned that can pull you in emotionally, I guess. Uh, so where it's like characters grow and things like that, but also, but also they're a little kooky.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that we can all relate to just a little bit. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So I've, I've been working hard to like move towards that. So yeah,
1: that's my, that's my dream project.
0: Well, you have time and always there's you can build toward it however fast or however slow you want to that's the best part and you have people buying and people your work is in demand and i think that's that's really cool uh thanks man i'm i'm, I'm trying real hard it's paying off your work is paying off and people are seeing it and i think that's that's also really nice to know anything else you want to bring up before we come to a close oh uh yeah i don't know um i think
1: we've kind of covered everything check out my super rare my twitter my instagram my TikTok, if you like but most of the stuff is on instagram anyway yeah um is that is there any more i don't don't know
0: those are those are my shills that's good i do have one more question and it's about additions you have one of ones on super rare you have one of ones on other platforms Mm -hmm. but i recently seeing you put out addition drops how important is putting out editions for an artist when they're when they're growing their career
1: i think they're super important i think that they might all just depend on like from artist to artist but for me it was awesome giving back to people that have supported me on twitter and places like that that like my art and i'd like to give them a chance to own that at a price that they can afford and so that's that was something that was big for me and now these people that wanted some of my art have my art and it's great so I I love that about editions and it grows your collector base and more people are supporting you and they want to see you do well and then you can go to people's like galleries and stuff and you see your work there and sometimes it's beside this other artists that you really love. And you're like, my God, this is amazing. Like you're putting me on a wall with this person. This is blowing my mind. And then, so for me, that's that's been such a cool thing to see like what these people uh, have done with my work. And yeah, it, it was just such like a humbling thing. It was so cool. Um, so that's, that's a big thing that I got out of it. Yes, make art,
0: collect art and uh, support artists all around. Yes, yes, fully agree. Ryan, thank you so much for coming on the show. It was a pleasure
1: talking to you. Thank you so much for having me for, you know, dealing with my insane schedule. I appreciate it so much wholeheartedly. Thank you.